Welcome again to the Jesus 360 podcast, a devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel and myself, Blair Phillips, joining you from Kansas City are co-hosting today's discussion. And we're going to be focusing again on Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, on Jesus, the revealer of the Father. And so in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, I'm going to read it from the New King James. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. So Brother Daniel, expound on this for us. Well, in the previous podcast, we focused on the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's the Christ. We also focus on the fact that he's the master, the Lord, over his servant, John. And right now, we're going to focus on this uh, part in the verse that say, God gave him to show his servant. So in other words, God the Father gave Christ the Son to show to his servant who he is. Now, this concept is not entirely new in the the book of Revelation. In fact, uh, John recorded the same or similar incident in John chapter 14 when uh, Philip uh, began to ask Jesus about the nature of the Father's mansion and where he was going. And Jesus said, Have you not been with me so long, Philip, that, that you asked to see the Father? Have you not been with me so long that you do not know that he who has seen me has seen the Father? I am the revealer of the Father. My Father and I are one. In fact, I am the way. I am the truth and I am life. So here we have a situation where uh, Jesus unapologetically say the fullness of the Father is revealed through him. Obviously, in the writing of Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul so eloquently wrote about the fullness of the Godhead dwell bodily. When we see Jesus, we are not just seeing a fullness fragment of the Godhead. We're not just seeing a portion of the Godhead. We are actually witnessing the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. So, and Jesus is coming to, was coming to John in the book of Revelation with that reality of wanting to reveal the manifold beauty and the wisdom of God in the book of Revelation. Well, Daniel, I think this uh, being in verse 1 and in light of our last podcast on Jesus as the Lord, I think this is just so amazing to comprehend that God became flesh and was fully revealed in Jesus, confined to a human body. Mm-hmm. And just so thankful for the Gospels of these uh, writings of the apostles that we, and, and Luke that we have of what he said and what he did. I mean, even... Uh, Going to John 13, right before Jesus washes the feet of the disciples, John writes this phrase that Jesus knew fully who he was. And knowing fully who he was, he stood up, took off his clothes, wrapped a a towel around him, and washed his disciples' feet. And so we have, it's mind-boggling to to comprehend that this was God in the flesh. Well, in fact, what you just mentioned, John 13, uh, and I mentioned John 14, and then it ended up with a Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17. All these chapters happened in the upper room. When Jesus enjoyed the Last Supper or the Passover meal with the disciple in John 17, 
he's he's so eloquently and clearly articulated the fact that he knew that he was in the beginning with God. And he says that, Father, glorify me with the glory I have with you before the world was. Now, that is a demonstration of Jesus understanding that he embodies the glory, the primordial glory of pre-Genesis 1 glory when there's nothing that has been created yet, but Jesus was there with the Father sharing that glory and he is asking for that glory to be manifested on the cross and then through the cross, the body of Christ. So, you know, the fact that because he is the Father, then we can, uh, you know, have this sense of sonship. Now, this is very important. He's the revealer of the Father. In, in, in other words, that the Lord wants us to catch His Father heart, mm-hmm. therefore be secure in our identity of sonship. Now, that has profound implication on our spiritual life mm-hmm. and the way we live our life. Now, we know that our Father in heaven is our Father. Then we know that all humanity in Christ, regardless of social class, every tongue and tribe, that we have one Father. In fact, John 17, he said, from one drop of blood. You know, Paul preached that in Athens. One drop of blood that he has made humanity from every tongue and tribe and now calling everyone to repent, to accept Jesus so that in Christ we can become one body and He is the one Father. And this, this language of calling God the Father has been around since the Old Testament time where the, the Hebrew and the Israelite would call Him Abba. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the New Testament, and it's so clear that Paul was unapologetic about the spirit of adoption. He said, when you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit within us, with this cry of the spirit of adoption, cry out, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. And so we become sons and daughters, you know, and, and in, in Acts chapter 2, 17 to 19, sons and daughters shall prophesy as the Holy Spirit is poured out in the last days. It's not a, a gender, male or female thing, but it's the identity of children of God. And in that identity of the children of God, we now become joint heir with Christ. He's the Son of God, we're children of God, and whatever inheritance that He received from the Father, He's sharing that with us as co-heirs in the family of God. So I would say that, that understanding the revelation of God as a Father, as Jesus intended us, allow us to have intimate relationship with Jesus. And not only that, it allows us to have a paradigm of, not a poverty paradigm, but a paradigm of a person who is enriched with inheritance from heaven. That, that which Christ paid for, the inheritance in the nation, the in, eternal inheritance, including eternal life, and all the promises of God. But also, I think this name really hits on the inheritance of the knowledge of God. Yes. Because we humans, being devoid of the knowledge of God, go astray. But Jesus was given to us as the pure messenger Mm -hmm. that we might know what is on the Father's heart, that we might know God through Him. And I think we as Christians have taken so much comfort in the Gospels of, of that being described a lot by Apostle John in his Gospel. But I think it's so key that 
we find it here again at the beginning of Revelation as we're going into the revelation of Jesus and the second coming. Mm-hmm. We're going into Revelation 4 and 5 and the beauty of the throne room and the Lamb, Jesus being there. Um, and as we go into the judgments that we know that this is Jesus, mm-hmm. the same one from the Gospels, mm-hmm. revealing his Father to us again. I think mm-hmm. we can find such safety in that as we even go on the journey of reading this book. So if he's our Father, then we are children of God, sons and daughters. And sons and daughters are different from servants because servants perform tasks. It's still quite transactional. I talk about the safety of belonging to a master and bearing the name of the master. Now, this bearing the name as a child is far more intimate because that gives us right to the father's house. Hmm. We're not just working for wages or working for any blessing we're now as an automatic transfer of inheritance from the father to the children, there is a right involved here. Mm. So I, I really believe that it creates a, a sense of restedness and security, that striving will stop, you know, the accusation of the evil one to say that we're not good enough, we're not, uh, we're not beautiful enough, we're not uh, accepted, you know. And the, the scripture is affirming us about our sonship and our, our uh, position as children of God, which means that we were born into, I mean, born again by the Spirit into this relationship. So it's not even about being, being good or bad in performance. We were born into it. It's like birthright. Birthright is not earned by performance. You know, when a baby is born, the baby doesn't haven't done anything yet. Doesn't have already. any capacity to perform. Yeah, that's except for pooping. You know, <laughs> or call that performance. For, yeah, that's performance. Depending on how many times he poop a day and how, <laughs> how little sleep he allow you to have, that will be the things that the, the child would probably uh, reward you with. Yes, but. But, but then the child would inherit, the child would ex, uh, experience affection from the parents. The child would actually, uh, you know, so, uh, receive so many things, good thoughts from the parents that the parents want to plan for the future of the child and all the amazing things that the parents will leave behind for the child. So I'm, obviously I'm describing a very healthy family dynamics here. There are dysfunctional one out there, unfortunately, but we're describing a healthy parental relationship here. So I believe there are layers and layers to the revelation of the sonship of God in like with Him being our Father. If He's our Father, we are His child. And if we are His child, what shall we then do? You know? we begin to walk in the confidence of His name, that we bear His name as a family member, and we also have the confidence that we can walk in the inheritance that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. He is the heir, we are the co-heir. So when either in evangelism, in mission, in any of the things, stewardship that God has entrusted to us, we are not begging for the outcome of the performance, but we're walking into the inheritance that has been received by Christ, either in the nations or individual or in certain geographical area. So it's a very different paradigm. It's a very secure paradigm. It's not a performance paradigm, but it's a receiving an inheritance paradigm. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus We thank you that you are the one who reveals God. 
who reveals the Father. That it's just who you are, that you give what you have. You are the only one being God, yet being man. You're the only man who fully knows God. And your identity is to give that revelation of, of the Father to us. We say thank you. We bless you as the revealer of the Father. Because you have revealed the Father, because you've made this your identity, I have become one who knows God. I have become one who knows the Father, who has received the inheritance and the affections of the Father just as you have. And I say thank you. And because I have received this, you've empowered me today to live in truth, that your voice speaks louder than the voice of the accuser in my life, that your voice triumphs this revelation of God and who I am in God, causes me to walk in boldness and faithfulness, causes me to walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to uh, encourage our audience to take note of how much truly that Jesus desired to reveal the Father to us, the glory of the Father. And in fact, He asked the Father for the glory they shared together in order to share it with the body of Christ and the church. So I want to encourage you guys that in the opening chapter and the verses of the book of Revelation itself, that He emphasized that He's going to show God to us. He's going to be the revealer of the Father. Could you just pray that real quick? To pray for dreams and visions, pray for the revelation of the Holy I'm Spirit. I'm just going to ask for the eyes of the understanding of our audience to be open, that we will have the revelation of the Father's love and the Father's heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, thank you again for joining us for the Jesus 360 podcast. We look forward to you joining us for our next one. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul you satisfy my soul with your love you satisfy